12, 38 through 44. Hear, hear these words. So as Jesus taught, he said, watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They, they devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished most severely. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Uh, Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, oh, she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. We won't go that far. Familiar story? Sometimes it's called the widow's offering, the widow's might. Uh, It's a good story. It's one I've never done before, so here we go. Um, Heroes. Let's talk about heroes for a moment. Um, you'll understand why in a, in a moment, because we all, we all have heroes, right? These are, these are people who've done extraordinary things in life. Uh, sometimes in the face of some pretty extreme circumstances, they inspire us and they make us believe that uh, the impossible might actually be, may be possible. They motivate us. They remind us that that the human spirit has the ability to withstand even some of, the, some of the strongest of tragedies, right? They lead us with wisdom. They lead us with truth. Um, love and justice and righteousness are like the fuel that keeps them burning. Right? And their ability to give everything they have for the sake of other people, literally everything they have, put it all on the line for others, Well, that's just awesome. And over the last century or so in America, some of our greatest greatest heroes uh, have been women. And so I'm going to list some of these women for you. Here are some names for you. Here are just a few. Helen Keller, Alice Paul, Jeanette Rankin, Eleanor Roosevelt, Ella Fitzgerald, Rosa Parks, Sandra Day O'Connor. Now those are big, big names. And most of those names we sort of recognize, or at least they're familiar to us. We've We've heard them, right? But this morning, we're going to talk about a hero who doesn't have a big name. In fact, as far as we know, she doesn't even have a name because we're not given her name. She's sort of one of these no-name heroes that we find in the Bible. And the day she became a hero, nobody really noticed. And those who did notice certainly wouldn't call her a hero for whatever it is that she's just done. But today, we consider her. We consider this woman because her ability to give everything she had for the sake of others and for something she truly, really believed in, well, it's just awesome. So let's think about the scene, okay? It took place in the outer court of the temple known as the Court of the Women. 
It was known as the court of the women because, well, that's as far as the women could go. There was still inner workings of the temple, but this is as far as they could go. So it was called the court of the women. Inside the court of the women, there were 13 trumpet-like containers where people could come in and bring their gifts uh, to God. And it was into that court that walked a poor widow, which is sort of a curious phrase for anybody to use back then, much less write down, a poor widow. It's curious and interesting because, well, it's redundant. Poor widow. Widows, well, they were poor. They didn't have a husband who had earning power. So widows were almost always poor, completely dependent upon others for life, for charity, poor Widows, these weren't the ones who were coming in and putting anything into the temple treasury. The poor widows were the people who were given things from, resources from the temple treasury. So they weren't putting anything in. They were the ones receiving. And yet here is this poor widow. She walks into the temple treasury and drops into very small copper coins, right? Just pennies to us or, or maybe even less, Now, it didn't seem like a big deal, especially with all those powerful men in their long flowing robes. They were walking around and they were putting in whole loads of cash into the temple treasury. That was the big deal. Those were the guys who were actually making names for themselves, but not to Jesus. (laughs) He saw through the whole thing. He always sees through the whole thing, doesn't he? Yeah, he saw through the whole thing. He noticed this no-named widow And he's like, oh, that's the stuff right there. And he gathers the disciples, and he said this. i tell you the truth. This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others, and they're watching all the others do that right at the moment with their long flowing robes and their loads of cash. They're watching them in the moment doing that. And he says, no, she put in more than they're putting in right now. They gave out of their wealth, but she, oh, she, out of her poverty, put in everything. All she had to live on. So that would be like you and me going home after today. And then tomorrow when the bank opens, we empty the whole thing out and we empty our pensions. And the next Sunday, as the baskets pass by, we like plop a load of Plop everything in there, right? Imagine that. If any of us did that, the rest of us would be like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Like, are you nuts? We think maybe you might need a financial advisor, right? You need some supervision. That's what we would do, right? But here's this woman. She becomes a hero. She becomes a no-named hero. We think about this woman, this small little thing, We know about it, we hear about it, we talk about it, we discuss it, we think about it, we meditate on her action. 2,000 years later, we don't even know her name. Oh, what a hero. So the obvious question would be this. Why in the world would anyone do such a thing? Like, was she crazy? Was she nuts? Was she not very smart? And of course, I think we all agree that none of those things are the reasons. Right, so why? Why, what caused her to give like that? And as usual, I have some suggestions, and that's what these are. They're suggestions. Uh, these are maybes. These are 
These are ways in which we can just start thinking about this together. And maybe you can think of a couple other maybes or maybe four or five other maybes as you walk out the door uh, here today. And you can discuss those over lunch. But for now, here are my maybes. Maybe, maybe she just really believed that much in the work of God's temple. Like, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it's that simple. You see, much of what was put into those trumpet-shaped containers in the temple were to be used for ministries of mercy, were to be used to care for the sick, for the poor. In other words, to be used to be cared, to care for the people who couldn't care for themselves. Maybe she just really believed in the work of God's temple, right? It doesn't take a genius for us to figure out, oh my goodness, I just, whoops, still not used to this. Thank you for your patience. It doesn't take a genius for us. Maybe she just really believed in the work of God's temple. I opened primed video, by the way. It's funny. I was like, that's not going to work. Um, back on track. Okay. Maybe she just really believed in the work of God's temple. It doesn't take a genius for us to figure out that uh, people give more freely and openly and more generously to organizations that actually make a difference in the world. Are you with me? So for this woman, there was no better place for her to give her two small copper coins than to an organization that would actually help out people who were like her. You see, she had a great sense. Her reality was she was in need and she knew what it was like to be in need. Right? Sometimes that's a barrier for us. We walk around in this world and we don't truly understand what it's really like to be in need. But this woman knows what it's like to be in need. And since she knew what it was like to be in need, she gave to the only organization in the world who would help out people like her. Right? She believed in the work of God's temple. And so she put in everything, all she had to live on. Let me tell you a story. It's an old story. Have you heard the name Hattie Mae Wyatt before? She was a little girl in Philadelphia. She was turned away from participating in a Sunday school because there was no room, literally, in the building for her to participate. And she was so sad about it that she went home that day and she started saving her pennies in order to help, uh, help the church build a larger Sunday school room. you believe it? a little girl saving her pennies. Well, tragically, not long after she started saving her pennies, she became very ill and then she died. Her parents, going through her things, found underneath her bed a pocketbook. Inside of it were 57 pennies. And there was a note scribbled by it that said, these pennies were to be used to help the church build a big enough Sunday school room for all the kids to participate in Sunday school. Oh, so parents shared this with the pastor. The pastor shared this with the congregation, and the congregation got excited about it. In fact, all sorts of people got excited about it. The newspapers at the time made the story go viral, at least as viral as newspapers could make a story go back in 1886. Soon, All kinds of money started pouring in from all over the place. Hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, 
hundreds of thousands of dollars. And now you can see the result of this in Philadelphia today. There's a big church there that seats 3,300 people. There's a Temple Hospital and Temple University. Are you familiar with Temple University? There is a picture of her on the wall with the story of what she did, reminding everybody there of how the whole thing started with 57 cents. This was a little girl who understood what it meant to be shut out. And she started saving her money so that she could create, help create room for everybody. She knew what it was like to be in need. The no-name hero in our story knows what it's like to be in need. And so she believed in the work of God's temple because it was the only organization in town who would help out people who were just like her. So she put in everything all she had to live on. She believed that much in the work of God's temple. That's why we give, isn't it? That's one of the reasons we give, because we believe in what God is doing in this place. We don't believe we're play acting here. We believe that God has called us together. We believe that God is present here. We believe that God is putting this whole thing together and making it all work. We believe that God is the one who said, you guys are to follow Jesus to renew lives that renew the world. You guys are to do that by connecting people up with God, up with me, in with one another, and out in service in the world, helping those who need. That's why we give. We give because we believe in the work of what God is doing here in this place, right? We give because we believe in what we're doing here. So that's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Maybe she just had like this uncanny ability to hold on to loosely with, to the material possessions that she had. Like she had some things, very few things, and she just held them loosely, And I think it was Thomas, this is off the cuff, by the way. I think it was Thomas Merton who once said, if you hold hold on to things so tightly, the less you have, right? Because if you hold on to them loosely, you actually have more. So this woman was able to hold on to loosely what she had. And I think that maybe she may have heard one of Jesus's sermons, Possibly. It goes like this. Do not worry about your life or what you will eat or drink or about your body or about what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? The pagans run after these things. Your heavenly father knows you need them. In other words, hold on to loosely your material possessions because because there are more important things in life. There are greater things. Hold on to your possessions loosely because, you know, they're not worth as much as we think they are, right? So maybe this widow understood this better than most because she had so little. And what little she had wasn't worth much at all. When you really think about it, the stuff that we own, the stuff that we have, the stuff that we chase after, it just, it really isn't worth that much. We all know what happens to it after we're gone. We are well aware of that, right? It gets divvied up sometimes thrown away, right? So I hope that one day when I'm in that place, I have so little that it's not a burden for my children. Like, hold on to loosely the possessions that we have. 
Have you heard the name Sam Hall? This one you might have. Sam Hall. Sam Hall. Ring any bells? Ring any bells? Happened recently. He's a nine-year-old boy from Bondurant. Ring any bells? He dressed up like a curious person for Halloween. He dressed up as a guy named Carson King. Ring a bell? Sam Hall dresses up like Carson King. You know, Carson King, he's the dude who did the beer money thing. $3 million, was that what it was? $3 million, gave it away. He dressed up as Carson King for Halloween, right? And he walked around with a sign that read, root beer supply needs replenished. Venmo, Sam Hall, 85, hashtag for the kids. And on the back of the sign, it read, instead of candy, I'll take donations for the children's hospital. He raised $10,000, nine-year-old boy, and gave it to the children's hospital. And I'm all, dude, just buy yourself a Lego set at least. <laughs> like, even if it's just a little one, right? You're nine. Just buy a little toy, something small. It doesn't have to be big. Or take a chunk of it, be honest about it, but take, take a chunk of it and save it up for college because it's crazy today. It's crazy expensive, but he didn't do that. He gave it all away. Why? Because perhaps this nine-year-old boy already has learned to hold on to his stuff loosely. They're just things. It's not worth that much anyway. Nine-year-old boy. Or perhaps he has mom and dad who are teaching him that lesson, who are instilling those values into children. Because that kind of generosity, friends, is just beautiful. Now, most of the time we see generosity like that, we're like, hold on, really? They did that? And there's a little part of us that's like, I don't know if I would do that. Like, they might be a little crazy. They might need some adult supervision here, some financial oversight, right? Maybe. But maybe when someone gives like that, they're just living in a different zone. They're just sort of living in a different place. They're living in a different place where stuff just doesn't mean so much. And it's in that zone that you can hold on to your stuff loosely. Because that's what they are. Stuff is just stuff. I mean, think about stuff. Think about things. Think about the stuff that we own. material. They're not good. They're not bad. They're just things. They're just stuff. So maybe she was able to just hold on to loosely what little she had. Truth is, we don't know. That's speculation. Truth is, we don't know. We don't know if, if, if she just believed that much in the work of God's temple. Although, when you really start to think about it, it makes a lot of sense. It's probably true. But we don't know for sure. We don't know if it's because she was just able to hold on to loosely the stuff that she had. We don't know. Although, if you think about it, it probably makes some sense. There's probably some other reasons. But ultimately, we'll never know. It'll forever be a guessing game for us. But one thing is certain about her gift, it didn't go unnoticed, right? Jesus saw it. It didn't go unnoticed. God is watching, right? You know what that means? It means someone's watching. The one who says where your heart is or where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's the one who's watching. Now, here's the important thing. Depending on who you think God really is, that either makes you really squeamish or it gives you great comfort. 
And so let's remember why God is watching. Because I don't think God is, is watching up there on his throne, ready to judge us for not giving enough, for not giving enough of ourselves away. Like God is someone to be feared. When I read through the stories of Jesus in the Bible, um, I, I don't get the sense, I don't, I don't read these stories and go, ooh, I gotta be afraid of that guy. So I don't think it's because God isn't watching to fear, to help us shake in fear, to intimidate us into giving more of our lives. I think, I think God is watching over us because he loves us so much. I think God is watching over us because he wants us to become more like him, which is becoming more like who we were truly created to be. I think God is watching over us because he wants to know how much of ourselves we've given to him. And he's not just watching over us when we're putting stuff in baskets as they pass by in this room. He's watching over us all the time, every single time we have an opportunity to be generous, to give our lives away between Sundays, when we're we're out there to give of ourselves, our time, our energy, our resources to people who need it the most, right? Friends, Jesus is watching this poor widow. And I think that when Jesus looked into the eyes of this poor widow, I think maybe he saw his own reflection. Listen again to the way he describes her. Okay? He says this, she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. She, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Listen to the way that Jesus is described by the scriptures. He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, held onto tightly, so he emptied himself, became a human being, right? Became a slave. And so then out of this poverty, he became obedient even to death on a cross. So out of his poverty, he put in everything all he had to live on. She gave like Jesus would later give. She gave out of her poverty everything she had to live on. She gave it away, I think, because years before this, she had already given her heart, her entire life to God. And as Jesus, just a few days away from giving his own life away, just a few days away from the cross, as Jesus watched her put those two little copper coins in there, I wonder if it gave him strength. I wonder if it inspired him just more than a little bit to do what he needed to do when he gave his life away on the cross. Friends, this woman's a hero. She's a hero because at some point in time, she gave God her entire life. And then even after losing her husband, her house, her possessions, she gave her entire life away again. So this morning, will you allow yourself, as she did, will you allow the life of Jesus to be reproduced into your life? Even if it's in just some small way, will you allow the life of Jesus to be reproduced in your life, giving your life away to the people in your life who need it the most? That's what a hero is. Let's pray. God, thank you for the ways in which you speak to us through your word. Thank you for this woman whose name we don't know. Thank you for 
the way that she gave her life to you. And we ask, oh God, because we want to hold on to our lives so strongly. We ask, oh God, that you would help us give our lives away for the sake of others and for your sake. Help us to partner with what you're up to in the world. And if we're gonna really do it, if we're gonna really partner with what you're up to in the world, man, we just wanna give our whole lives to you. So take our lives, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray, amen.